what we're gonna do is uh we we're gonna look at this scripture and cover some few things there then probably next week i can do we can do a topic on uh, generational cases so this will be the foundation so we want to talk about that so you see something there so this is going to be just the foundation so we cover some few points here so that uh when we do it next week we don't have to come back to to these scriptures because these scriptures uh it's just a one 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 passage anyway it's going to lay the foundation of uh some understanding then when we touch that topic now there won't be need of coming back to some scriptures so we'll cover some few scriptures yeah so first samuel chapter 8 chapter 28 read from verse 1 okay are we still on the topic of the holy spirit pastor no that one will cover wednesdays we say we're gonna do it wednesdays okay yeah Okay. As first Samuel chapter eight, 28 verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that the Philistines gathered their armies together for warfare. Yes. To fight with Israel. And Achish said unto David, Know thou assuredly that thou shalt go out with me to battle. Thou and thy men. Two. And David said to Achish, Surely you you shall you shall know what thy servant can do. And Achish said to David, Therefore will I make thee keeper of mine head forever. Three now Samuel was dead, and all Israel had lamented him and buried him in Ramah. So yes, so the problem that he happened there, the issue was that. King Saul wanted to hear a word from God. But the problem was that Samuel, the prophet of God, the true prophet of God, had died. So Saul tried to consult with uh, his prophets and the prophet could not hear from God. And remember God had already departed from Saul. So Saul was not in good books with God anymore. But this time Saul was very desperate now. So he needed a word from God. He needed a direction from God. Yes. Read further. I think you are you are you are mute. Sorry. And Saul had put away those that had familiar spirits and the wizard out of the land. You repeat that again. Three. Now, now Samuel was dead, and all Israel had lamented him. Yes, Samuel was dead, and Ramah, they they've already buried him. Yes. In Ramah. even in his own city yes and Saul had put away those that had familiar spirits and the wizard out of the land right so what we need to identify there there were people 
there were diviners who were using familiar spirits. Those were in another option that uh, soul could uh, tend to. So there was an option. But the first option was God. Soul had worked with God for a long time. So he knew God was always accurate. God was always uh, spot on in everything he says or he does. But there was another option <coughs> that the, the diviners, <coughs> the diviners were true in a sense that the information from a diviner was also true. They will tell you an answer, but the problem is that soul knew that uh, it was not godly. So that's the only difference. Yes. Okay, so, and the, Philist the Philistines gathered themselves together and came and pitched in Shimon, Shunem, and Saul gathered all Israel together, and they pitched in Gilboa. Yes. Five, and when Saul saw the host of the Philistines, he was afraid, and his heart greatly trembled. Yes. So when, uh, when, when, when they looked at the army that was arrived from the Philistines, they saw that we've got no chance. They had no chance. Yes. Six. And when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord answered him not, neither by dreams, nor by Urim, nor by prophets. Then so you, said, another thing there. You realize that the reason why Saul was afraid, probably it was not because of the number of those people or what they had. Because uh, those people prior to that, he had did, I mean, defeated them uh, several times. But remember, Israel, they relied in God. So every time they, there was a war, they will first consult God. God, he, he was the one who was giving them a green light and say, go and conquer. So they will go there knowing that they will conquer. Like they go there knowing that they, they have conquered. Because he, he, they knew that to conquer, it was not their ability. It was not their power. So that's why uh, this man now, he was desperate for an answer. Because that one is very important. Uh, to say, well, why didn't he just go and fight? Why, why, why is he, is he so desperate? The desperation was from that. He knew that Israel uh, uh, relied uh, in God. You see now, he knew that Israel relied in God. So he knew that if they don't consult God, if they just do things from from their own hands, it's not going to work. You see now, they knew that it's not going to work. Hence now, this man was desperate, uh, going all around seeking help. So he needed that green light. So he was not going there to consult uh, to that what God is going to say. No. He 
He wanted a positive answer. So if the prophet had said, God has said this. So that's what the kings were expecting. But when they get the, the negative answer, they knew it's a problem. Yes, read further. Verse 7, then said Saul unto his servant, Seek me a woman yes. that has a familiar spirit, that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servant said to him, Behold, there is a woman that has a familiar spirit at Endo. You see now, so now he said, Find me a divider that I may go. Remember before this <laughs> incident, Saul has chased all the diviners out of Israel. They believed there was no diviner that was left in Israel. They chased, they killed them. They destroyed them. But now he needed help from these same people that he has just killed not long ago. You see now. So he needed help. But now that help, that help was coming from the wrong source now. The help was coming from the wrong source. So they needed God because they knew that with, with God the enemy is conquered. It's like today when you are in Christ, the enemy is conquered. So that's the doctrine that people uh, can't comprehend. That's the doctrine that people can't hang. That if you are in Christ today, the devil is conquered for you. Because the, the devil is not conquered for everyone. That's what, that's what I always say. Someone say, ah, the devil is conquered. The devil is, is, is conquered. Yes and no. He's not conquered for everyone. He is conquered for those that are in Christ. The moment you join Christ, the devil is conquered. And he is not conquered that day you join Christ. No, he was conquered 2,000 years ago. But he was conquered for you the moment or, let me say, it started working for you the moment you believe a true gospel. So, if you don't believe that, you, you, you are still outside. You're saying, I'm in Christ, but. I'm in Christ, but. You see. So, the Israelites. Remember, they used to go to a war where they know that a war, it means people die. They didn't care if they have, let's say, a 200 soldiers. If God say go and kill those 10,000 or 20, 30,000 army, they will go. They know, they knew it is done. None of, the, of them will remain there. If they go 200 of them, or if you send uh, uh, 50 troops, they will come 50. Doesn't matter how, uh, how big it is. So it was preaching today that if you are in Christ today, the devil is already defeated. Whatever you are doing, the devil is already defeated. So when you are praying, when you are worshipping God, when we, uh, the devil is already defeated. So the approach is, I have won. 
Imagine going to, to play sport. Already the results are set. So it doesn't mean that you don't have to play. You still play. But, but you're playing the results are already set. 50 nil. So you know those, those 50 goals will come. How? But it's not your power. It's not your skill. It's not how, how much you, you practice. But just go and play. You'll get 50 goals. They'll get zero. How? It's, it's already set. It can it change? No, it can't change. Because it's a prophecy. Prophecy does not change. Because it's what is already set. It's the will of God. It's already set. Nothing can change it. So that's the mind that he has to be in a believer. If you are in Christ. But that mind, it can only come if you are truly saved. It's very important. <laughs> if you are truly saved. Because if you are not truly saved, a small challenge will come. Then you panic. Then you forget that. Then you say, uh, I need to deliver this right now. I need to sow a seed right now. But remember, the devil has been conquered. Now, let's proceed. Verse 8. And Saul disguised himself and put on other raiment. And he went, and two men with him. And he <laughs> came to the woman by night. And he said, I pray thee divine unto me. So he's going to a diviner. A diviner is those people who do necromancy. People who use the spirits of the dead. People that believe that a dead person. And it, 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 it happens. This is not a... some myth or, or whatever. It's, it happens. There are people with the ability to bring a dead person, a spirit of a dead person. So that, that's what we, we will cover today. So we need to understand this before we go and understand uh, generational cases, etc., etc., how it works. Now, If you remember, if you lived in Africa, in our country, people, they used to do some uh, religious activities at night. So someone will start dancing. There has to be uh, that traditional uh, alcohol, etc., etc. They will uh, play their drums. Someone will, will dance until a spirit of the dead comes. And that spirit of the dead, when it comes, it will speak the same voice with that person that they are expecting. Let's say they are, they are, they are expecting an uncle who died some time ago to come and talk to them. That uncle will come. And you speak the same voice that people they will recognize that yes, it, it is him. 
Nobody will ask who, who, who is speaking. Those who knew the angel, they'll say he's here. We can hear him speaking. It's him. That's, divi that's divination. So those people, they can bring the spirit of the dead. And it comes. So divination is done in, uh, in different ways. So some diviners, you go to them and consult. When you consult, they'll say, okay, I want you to bring the spirit of my father or the spirit of my aunt who died. Uh, sorry, so they, they will bring that aunt. It is the same thing, but different levels. They will bring that aunt and that aunt will start speaking. You, you will say, yeah, it's here. I can hear. She, she's speaking. She's saying this. She's saying this. You'll hear. Then uh, she will return. Or you'll return. So that's divination. That's necromancy. Now, Saul is going to consult this woman. When he gets there, he presents his request. And remember, he goes at night. And those things, they always, always, strictly happens at night. It doesn't happen during the day. The activity, it is a night activity. We know the dark, in the night it preaches darkness. And when that person comes, most of the time she'll be coming and saying, where I'm coming from is very hot. So the moment he comes, they will give that person that alcohol to cool down the heat. I don't know they give you water as well, I don't know. But what I know, the, that alcohol is always ready there. That when he comes, because he's coming from a hot place, they have to present that drink. Are we together then? Right, Red Feather. Eight, and so disguised himself and put on other raiment, and he went and the two men with him. And they came to the woman by night. And he said, I pray thee, divine unto me by the familiar spirit. And bring me him up, whom I shall name unto thee. Yeah, he said he requests uh, do your divination, and he bring the person that I'm gonna name up. He didn't say bring who the person that I'm gonna name, bring him up. Yes. And the woman said unto him, Behold, thou knowest. Right, wait there, wait there, wait there, wait there. There are details that we, we, I don't want us to to skip because if I skip, I can forget them. These people, they were familiar with this. They knew that this person has to come from down. So bring him up. He's not coming from, from top. You see, the spirit has to come down. So bring him up. 
That means he's coming from, from, from beneath. So, so underline those things. He is coming. So they knew divination. The spirit has to come from beneath. It cannot come from top. It has to come from down. It has to come up. Yes. And the woman said unto, unto him, Behold, thou knowest what Saul hath done, how he hath cut off those that have familiar spirit with a small s and a wizard out of the land. You see now. So this woman now is, uh, is saying uh, to Saul because he did not know that this is the president. This is Saul. The president has come to consult. She did not know that. She was saying that it's another, it's another random man. So she's telling this man and saying, you know what? These things that we are doing here is, is, is private. It's dangerous. Do you know what, 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 what Saul has done? Saul has destroyed all, all of us, the diviners, and chased them away and killed us. So, if you can hear that you were here and I've done, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be killed. Then we, then Saul said, "No, don't worry. There won't be penalty for for this." How can you say it's not be, be penalty? Are you are you are you the king? Are you the one responsible? What are you talking about? So yes, read further. Behold, thou knowest what Saul has done, how he has cut off those that have familiar spirit with a small s, and the wizards out of the land. Wherefore, then layest thou a snare for my life to cause me to die? Ten, and Saul swear, swear to her by the Lord, saying, As the Lord liveth, there shall no punishment happen to thee for this thing. Eleven, then said the woman, Whom shall I bring up unto thee? And he said, Bring me up somewhere. Twelve. Bring me up. He is repeating again. Bring me up. Samuel, yes. Verse twelve. And when the woman saw Samuel, she cried with a loud voice. And the woman spake to Saul, saying, Why hast thou deceived me? For thou art Saul. You see now. Right. And when the woman saw Samuel. So Samuel. The woman did her thing. Her tricks. Her divination. Then um, uh, uh, then Samuel came up. When Samuel came up. Immediately the woman recognized that this is Saul. How did the woman recognize Saul when 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 Samuel come up the woman recognized this is Saul how, how did it happen right repeat that 12 and when the woman saw Samuel she cried with a loud voice and the woman spoke to Saul saying why hast thou deceived Yes. You see now, when she saw that spirit of Samuel coming up from the ground, she immediately knew this is so. And she cried out with a loud voice and said, Why did you deceive me? 
Because you are sold. You see now. Read further. 13. And the king said unto her, Be not afraid, for what sowest thou? And the woman said unto Saul, I saw gods with a small s. So, 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 the king is saying to the woman now, Do not be afraid. What have you seen? Because now you are saying, I am soul. You are screaming, you are saying, I am soul. That means you have seen something. Because something happened. Because now you have recognized. Because I have disguised myself. And you could not see who I am. Now, it's like you have seen something. Spiritually, you have picked something. And you have have immediately recognized that I am the king. So what have you seen? Yes. And the woman said unto Saul, I saw God with a small g ascending out of the earth. Uh, 14. And he said unto her, Then he said, I saw God with a small g ascending from where? From the earth. From the earth. So he is coming down from the earth. The spirit is coming from the earth. So that's what I said underline. is coming down. is coming from the earth. Right, yes. 14. And he said unto her, What form is he of? Mm-hmm. And she said, An old man cometh up, and he is covered with a mantle. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel. And he stopped with his face to the ground and bowed himself. Because Samuel, he always had his 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 mantle in his, his in his thing, in his head. He's always covered his thing, and he was an old man. So that's what Saul was looking for when he saw that Samuel, this man that has been seen here, he's an old man covered with a, a, a mantle. He said, "There is no one else. It is him, Samuel." Then now Saul, what did he do? He bowed down and worshipped you, Samuel. But now, I want you to, to see things here. This is the first time Saul worshipped Samuel. Why? Because he's dead. Do you know that people, we tend to worship people who are dead more than people who are alive. If you want to see that if there is if there is someone on the street who is just maybe someone is just sitting there on the street on the bench in the bus stop. Someone is sitting on on the bench. People they will just come and uh, nobody cares. But let's say on that same bench is it, it is a dead body. Oh I'm telling you People will start even speaking in tongues. Why? What happened? They've seen a dead body. People are scared of the dead than when you are alive. People, they respect you more when you are dead than if you are alive. I don't know why. Even people, some people, they've got their parents in Africa there. Parents are suffering. 
you find that maybe parents does not even have money to, to eat or money to go to the hospitals. They don't care. Someone will be going to nightclubs, going to, to, to holidays in Paris. The moment they say, ah, your, your mother is dead. Ah, I'm telling you. He can bring one million immediately and say, buy a box $400,000. Buy a blanket. The most expensive one in the shops. But if you go to the bedroom of the mother, you see that she was sleeping on the floor without even one blanket. What has changed now? Ah, she, she has died. People, they are scared or they respect or they love you more when you are dead than when you are alive. I'm telling you, what I'm saying now, it is what is happening. If I call you now and say, you know what, uh, I'm sick, I need money to go to the doctor, uh, very, very sick. Uh, you say, okay, wait. If they call you five minutes and say, he is dead now, you will have the money to say, take him to the mortuary right now. Something that is expensive than buying a, a paracetamol. You see now. So Saul is worshipping Samuel for the first time. Because if you read the scriptures before that, I've never heard the, uh, uh, Saul, uh, Saul uh, uh, worshipping Samuel. He was arguing with him. But this time he's worshipping him. Okay, we're not talking about this one, but I want, just wanted to, I just wanted to highlight something there. Read further. It's what is happening, especially with uh, Africans, African people. They are scared of a dead body. Or they, they, they worship a dead body. If you are alive, nobody cares. It is a, a religious foolishness uh, uh, thing. Right, read further. We're still on First Samuel chapter twenty-eight. We're on verse fifteen. Now. Yes. And Samuel said to Saul, "Why hast thou disquieted me? Quieting right. Read, read verse fourteen again. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Read okay. there. Yeah. Okay. Read there. Read verse fourteen again. Okay. And he said unto her, What form is he of? And she said, An old man cometh up. And he is covered with a mantle. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel. And he stopped with his face to the ground and bowed himself. Mm -hmm. And Samuel said to Saul, Why hast thou disquieted me to bring me up? So why did you why, why are you troubling me to bring me up? Mm -hmm. Yes. And Saul answered, I'm so, I'm so distressed. For the Philistines make war against me, and God is departed from me, and answereth me no more, neither by prophets nor by dreams. Therefore I have called thee, that thou may, may make known 
Wait there, wait there. We 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 want to identify things as we as we learn subject. We we can learn other things then, right? Saul admit there that uh, God has uh, has departed from him. He is no longer in good books with God, and he says the truth that uh, the Philistines are making war against him. And the court has departed from, from him and he answered, uh, his answer is no longer talking to, to him. I want you to understand that by the prophets, number one, no, by the dreams. So you have to understand that, that God used to speak to them through the prophets and through the dreams. Therefore, he have called thee that thou mayest make known unto me what shall I do so God was no longer speaking to Saul through dreams or through his associate through dreams and through prophets so I want you to today to understand that God speaks in dreams God speaks in dreams it is important as a believer to understand that People, if you ask them, because people, they were told something that is, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. There's, there is too much to undo if you want to understand God. There is too much to undo. I tell people, if you want to learn the truth, discard everything that is in your head. Because if you don't discard the thing is that it will hinder you to learn the truth in full. Because if the information comes, you'll be saying, ah, but, but, this, 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 ah, but, you see now, dreams are very important. God speaks through dreams. If you don't value what you have dreamed, you have got a problem. But in dreams there, I explained, uh, uh, I think last year, when I spoke about dreams. Uh, dreams are in three folds. There is dreams that comes from your mind. There is a dream that can come from the devil. There is a dream that can come from God. So it's three. So what influences these dreams? There is a dream that when you, you dream, you know, you know what, I've been thinking of, uh, of, uh, of going to buy this thing. I wanted to go and buy a car. So this is in, in my mind. So when you sleep, maybe, uh, you, you, you start to, to, to think again in a dream about that. That's, that's not a dream from God. That's not a dream from the devil. It's just your mind. There's nothing wrong with that. Then there is a spiritual, there are spiritual dreams. Spiritual dreams, it can come from the devil, it can come from God. Spiritual dreams is what was not in your mind. Something just comes. And when it comes, it comes mainly in symbols. It comes in symbols. A spiritual dream needs to be interpreted. It comes in symbol. But what determines you, what determines those dreams to be from God or uh, from the devil is what this, what is the spirit that fills you? 
if he belongs to the world, your spirit is not empty. You have got the spirit of the world. So your dreams are emanating from the world. If you belong to God, if the Holy Spirit is in you, so your dreams emanate from the Holy Spirit. It's very simple. That's what we explained and we explained that further. So, dreams are very important in the life of a believer. And you will see that these prophets, most of the time, when they say, they say, God, I've prophesied, I've got this message, I've got this message. They all, most of the messages, not all, most of the messages, I can't put a, a, a percentage there. It was from dreams. When Saul said, I spoke to God, it was a dream. So if you don't value dreams, or if you don't understand the dreams, because you were told that God is speak to your ears, this the flesh ears, God cannot speak to this flesh ear in your in your in your ear this one then you say you know what um i had someone like speak uh, i had someone like uh, calling my name maybe it's god speaking no it doesn't work like that when god speaks to you you will speak to your spirit you will hear a message in your spirit god is not he, he does not interrupt with the flesh this flesh is cursed. You have to walk in the spirit. You have to walk in the spirit. So when you say God spoke, God would have spoke in your spirit. You hear something in your spirit. Message comes in your spirit, inside you. Where is God? He's inside you. So if God is inside you, why would he speak from outside? Ask yourself that. God is inside you, so why would God speak from outside? If you are carrying God inside you, then God is speaking from outside. You see, there is a, a serious contradicting uh, there. So, God will speak in your spirit. You will get a message inside you. That's God speaking. Forget about it. You'll hear a voice, a thunderous voice that says, uh, I want you to come here and to do A, B, C, D. Then you say, you know what? God has spoke to me for the first time. I want to testify. So, that's why I'm saying you have to undo many things because some people, they're expecting God to speak in audible voice to them like when Jesus was uh, was crucified a voice was heard from heaven and that voice if you research properly you will find that that voice maybe it was not a thunderous voice that everyone was hearing but if I take you <clears throat> to Paul's journey to, to Damascus. You'll see that when he gives his testimony, he say, many heard the noise, but did not hear the voice. So that lightning, it flashed 
many heard that voice i mean that sound of the of the of the lightning but they did not hear when jesus spoke to paul but jesus spoke to paul paul was hearing jesus speaking but they were not hearing the the guys that they were with him they did not hear anything then Paul started to, to, to tell another, you know what, um, I, I was just talking to God now and I'm blind. I was talking to God now. God was saying A, B, C, D. Meaning that God was speaking, Paul was hearing, but probably he, he was hearing the message was, was communicated spirit to spirit. But that message was, was, was loud and clear. So that means if the noise, if we are sitting together and someone is talking, me, I'm hearing that person clear. I say, okay, yes, okay. And then you are here and you can't hear. That means I'm not hearing using these ears. I've been given another ability to hear. Because these ones are next door. We are sitting together. They don't hear. But you are hearing. So would you say I was hearing with my my ears? That's why I, 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 I said before, I remember, I've said this many times. I said, an angel, nobody sees an angel. An angel appears to you. Nobody goes around and says, you know what? I want to go to uh, to the fields there. I want to search for 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 angel because you will never see it. Because the angel won't you won't see it with these eyes. It has to appear to you. It has to present itself to you so that when you see, even when you are standing with someone looking at the same same direction, they want to see this thing. If you read, if you read the proper what we have just read now, when when Samuel came up, the king was there. The king did not see, but the woman saw Samuel. So the woman is telling these ones who are also opening their eyes. He's saying, they are asking the woman, what have you seen? Guys, can you see? I'm seeing this old man. He's putting his thing on the top on the top of his head. How does he mean? Can't you see him? He's here. You see now. So that means you are... The spiritual things are not seen by your physical eyes. And they are not heard by your what? Your physical ears. So when Samuel began to speak here, let's hear what happened. Let's hear what happened? Well, verse, on verse 15. Yes. And Samuel said to Saul, Why hast thou disquieted me to bring me up? And Saul answered, I'm so distressed, for the Philistines make war against me. Yes. And God is departed from me and answers me no more, mm-hmm. neither by prophets nor by dreams. Yes. Therefore I have called thee that thou may make known unto me what I shall do. Then said Samuel, Wherefore, then thou 
thou ask of me, seeing the Lord is departed from thee, and is become thy enemy. And the Lord has done to him as he spake by me, for the Lord has read the kingdom out of thy hand and given it to thy neighbor, even to David. So the, the message from, from Samuel there, he started to speak and say, you know what, the, the kingdom is going to be taken from you and be given to who? To, to David, to your neighbor David. What is the reason? Verse 18. Because thou obeyest not the voice of the Lord, nor executest his fierce wrath upon Amalek. Yes. Therefore has the Lord done this thing unto thee this day. Yes. 19. Moreover, the Lord will also deliver Israel with thee into the hand of the Philistines. And, to, and tomorrow shall thou and thy sons be with me. The Lord also, sh the Lord also shall deliver the host of Israel into the hand of the Philistines. Verse 19 again. Do you see something there? I want you to yes. see that when Samuel died, he was uh, he died uh, with God. He was a holy man. He was a prophet of God. When he died, this soul now, when he's dying, he does not have God. He's separated to God. So, what do we know? We know that when when two people dies. One who, below, who, who believes and one who, who is not believing. One with God one and, one and another one without God. The one with God, we know that he's not going the same place with that one. But what, what will surprise you here, Samuel is saying to Saul, he's saying, tomorrow you're going to be killed by the Philistine and when you die, you will come here where I am. I'll be with you here. Read it again. Verse 19. Moreover, the Lord will also deliver Israel with thee into the hand of the Philistines. Yes. And tomorrow shall thou and thy sons be with me. The Lord also shall deliver the host of Israel into the hand of the Philistines. Right. So you and your children, you'll be killed. We know Saul has three sons. You'll be killed, all of you. And you'll what? You'll join me here. What is he talking about? Because this one is, is evil. This one is holy. So are they going to be together? Yes, they were going to be together. So that's what we want to understand uh, now. We, we have to dig on that one. When Jesus in uh, Matthew 20, 27, when he was crucified there, Matthew 27, you'll hear his words when the guy uh, on his right Said, don't you not fear God? And uh, then he said, Lord, be, uh, remember me. Then he, he, Jesus said, uh, tonight you're going to be with me in paradise. 
So these two statements, we have to deal with them today. Right. Let's go back to Samuel. Samuel is telling Saul that you're going to be with me. You're going to be with me tomorrow. But I want you to understand this. When uh, when Adam sinned, this is what uh, is going to help you. I want you to listen carefully. There. When Adam sinned, it meant that the lives of the people were taken by the devil. After Adam sinned, what did you lose? You lost eternal life. That means your life was now in the hands of the devil. Meaning, your souls, your spirits, were now controlled by the devil. Your father was now the devil. When you are born again, then you become sons of God. If you are not born again, your, your father is the devil. That means the, the devil has authority over your life. The devil is holding your life. Do we understand that one? Let's proceed. Now, so that meant that even when you die, the devil still have authority over people's life. When people died, the devil was still holding the keys. Of their life. So he could control your life. He could do anything. That's why he brought Samuel up. Samuel was coming from the hands of the devil. That's why I said underline. He is coming from down. He is coming from the ground. He is coming from a descended place. Meaning the devil. Had control over their life. Meaning these people that you thought they were saved in the Old Testament, it was not a true salvation. They were not truly saved. Let's start from Adam. When Adam sinned, we needed to be redeemed from who? From the devil. What is redemption? I want to explain redemption in, uh, in simplicity. Redemption is when I owe you. Then you say, okay, because you can't pay me or you don't afford it to pay me now. I am going to take your car. So when you get what I want now, when you get the money that you are owing me, bring that money and redeem your car. So when mankind sinned, the devil took us took our lives, took our spirits. 
waiting for the prize so that we can be redeemed from the devil. I want you to read uh, 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 two scriptures now. Start from Revelation 1, verse 13, quickly. Revelation 1, 18. Yes, I think we are on, on, on mute again. Revelation 1, chapter 18, it says, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Yes. And I have the keys of hell and of death. Because he, li- because he is living. Now he's taken the keys of what? Of life and death from the devil. Because before that, the keys were with the devil. Repeat again. Revelation 1 verse 18. Yes. It says, I am he that liveth mm-hmm. and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. You see now. He is now alive. Forever more. Because he is God now having the keys. Of what? What keys of does he have? Of hell and of death. Hell and death. Yes. The keys of hell. He has taken them. The keys of death. He has taken them. So how did he do it? What was that? What does he mean that he's got keys? If he say I've got keys, it means that uh, he has redeemed the people. How did he redeem the people? First Peter 1.18 So we were not so we were not redeemed by money. We were not redeemed by corruptible things. Because the problem with corruptible things, they lose value. Imagine if we were corrupt, I mean we were uh, redeemed by uh, one billion dollars. How much how much is the value of one one billion dollars in uh, in uh, in the next 10 years in the next 200 years it will be losing value what the 2 2 million could buy 8 years ago it can't buy now it has lost that value because prices of the things are going up so that's why it is corrupt and uh, again a 2 billion pound you cannot take it to heaven it only it, it is a limited use some money you can't use it in other countries so that's why it is corruptible why? What does the word corruptible means? It means that the value can be tempted with. The value can be manipulated. The value is, is, has not, it doesn't have eternal value. It is a limited use. 
That's what it means. Corruptible. You can use it in some places. In some places they will say no. It is corruptible. Everything of the earth is corruptible. I, I, I said your body is corruptible. Because it loses value. It loses strength. It loses power. And it age. And above all, it is not going to be there forever. Therefore, because of that reason only, it is, it is corruptible. Incorruptible, it means eternal. That's the other word. Read it again. First Peter 1 verse 18 says, For as much as ye know that you, ye were not redeemed with corruptible things, such as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by traditions from your fathers, yes. but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish ah. and without spot. So we were, we were redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Without what? Without blemish. Without spot. Without spot. And without blemish. So it was, it was not just the blood. I want you to understand this. It is, it is not just the blood. There is more into that blood. That blood was without spot and blemish. I hear people talk about uh, the blood of Abel. That the Bible says uh, the, the blood of Christ speaks uh, better than the blood of Abel. What does it mean? Because the blood of Abel was not speaking revenge. Is people think the blood of of Abel? What was it speaking? What was it speaking? The blood of of uh, of Abel, because Abel, if you look at uh, what happened, um, Abel was killed because Cain. Has given God the the what the sacrifice and God rejected the sacrifice. But in Abel's mind, he knew the reason why God rejected his what his sacrifice. He knew that the sacrifice that God wanted it was the blood of a man. That's why, with frustration, he killed his brother. So he, by killing his brother, that's why the Bible says he slew his brother. He killed his brother thinking that it is the sacrifice that God wanted. <laughs> These are mysteries now. But why was he killing his brother? Because he was trying to redeem the what? The ground. Because what was cursed was the ground. What was cursed was the ground. When the ground was cursed, it means that everything that came from the ground was cursed. So to correct that, it was to redeem the ground. Now, it was to redeem the ground. Because the ground is what sinned. The ground is what was cursed in the garden. 
because Adam was made from the ground. And the ground, so that means the ground is the one that sinned. That's why when God said, cursed is the ground. Why when he was saying, cursed is the ground, he was saying, cursed is this flesh. Because the flesh is coming from the ground. Are we together? So now, so when Cain killed Abel, he was redeeming the ground. So when, when the Bible says the, the, uh, the blood of Christ speaks better than the blood of, of Abel, it means that when Cain slew Abel, the ground rejected the blood of Abel because Abel was a sinner. Because Abel himself, he came, he was born by a sinner with that connection of Adam. His blood was not going to be accepted by the ground. Because what was needed was the, the blood that was sinless. So when he says the, the blood of Christ speaks better than the blood of, of, of Isaac, it means that the blood, what, was the, what was spoken by the blood of Abel, what was spoken by the blood of Isaac, it was a rejection by the ground. So the blood of Abel testify rejection that the ground, oh, I failed to redeem the ground. Then Christ came with a blood that is pure because his blood was not connected to Adam who is a sinner. That's why it was not connected for that reason. So that when his blood goes to the ground, it is a perfect sacrifice that is accepted for redemption. Then his blood, what does it speak? It speaks victory. It speaks perfection. It speaks acceptance by God and by the ground. So therefore, the ground has been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Now, so when Saul now died, he had to join uh, Samuel. Why a holy person and an evil person together? It was because everyone was a sinner who died at that time. Regardless of who you are, are you Samuel, are you David? Are you whoever? He was a sinner because they were connected to Moses. They were not yet redeemed because the only redemption that counted was by the blood of Jesus. Before the blood of Jesus, it means that everyone was dying a cursed person because cursed is the ground. So when you are cursed, you go straight to the hands of the devil. So where Samuel was and where this man was, it was under the ground. And that under the ground place, it was, it was controlled by the devil. They were in a place called uh, Abraham's bosom. Abraham's bosom. 
if we read in the book of Luke 6, I think, I believe, verse 9, you see it talks about Abraham's bosom. Right. So what happened then? You'll see that when Christ was crucified now, in, uh, in Matthew 27 there, you'll see that the Bible... Let's read uh, verse, 30, uh, verse 50 quickly. Let's read verse 50, Matthew 27, verse 50. Are you are you there? Wait, 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 uh, before that. Oh, la, la, la. If you skip that and go to... It's, uh, it should be after that, yeah? Read, yeah, read, yeah, read from there. From 50? Yes, 50, 51, yeah. Okay, Matthew 27, verse 50 says, Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. 51, and behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake. And the rocks rent. 52. And the graves were open, and many bodies. Yes, verse 52. The graves were open, yes. And many bodies of the saints which slept arose. Many bodies of the saints which slept arose. You see now. So that means those people who were seen as, as holy, who were we were holy at that time. We know that the holiness was not a true holiness. They needed Jesus. Why was it torn? Why were they were they coming up now? Read read again. And the graves were opened. Yes. And many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. So after his resurrection, because these bodies were, I mean, his tomb were open when he, when he cried with a, a loud voice. But he's saying after his resurrection, what verse is that? 53. 53 saying, uh, read verse 53 again. And came out of the grave after his resurrection and went into the holy city. And appeared unto many. They appeared unto many. Yes. 
centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things that we had done, they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was the Son of God. You see now, so after his resurrection, Jesus, I mean, the, the saints were seen in Jerusalem walking in Israel. People who died, people they started to see, uh, people like uh, Joel, they started to, to see uh, Adam, I mean, uh, Adam, they started to see uh, Abraham, they started to see David walking on the streets of Jerusalem. This happened after his resurrection. Read it again. And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose, and came out of the grave after his resurrection, and went into the holy city, and appeared unto many. Right. They appeared unto many people. So people saw them. But why after his resurrection? First Peter 3.19 Oh, First Peter three nineteen. First Peter three nineteen. Yes. Okay. By which also he went and preached unto the spirit, spirit in prison, which sometimes were disobedient, when once the long suffering of God awaited in the days of Noah, while the ark was preparing, where in few, that is, where in few. That is eight souls we are saved by water. Yes, 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 yes. Wherefore you went to preach in the spirit that we were once disobedient in prison. So he went he went when Jesus during his three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, he went into hell. To go there and preach to those spirits which were which lived before he came, but it will say which lived the, uh, during the days of Noah. Why is it saying days of Noah? Uh, that's what I, I I I used to 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 be stuck on uh, on that one until God revealed it to me. What he, 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 that scripture um, means. It doesn't mean, because I used to, to say, why is he saying during the days of Noah? What about Adam? What about others? Because they didn't live during the days of Noah. It's because Noah built an ark, and that ark was the picture of the, the, the New Testament church. But that picture of the New Testament church it was a a, 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 a a picture, not a true testament church. So it was a shadow of the New Testament church. Meaning that people who lived before the church, people who lived before Christ, people who lived before the cross, they were their stories are the ones that we all read and they are preaching what is coming. 
Noah is a good example because he, him he built that ark. So when we say uh, during the days of Noah, we are saying during the days of a shadow ark. Meaning any life that lived before the cross. What was different between the New Testament church and the ark of Noah? You see that Noah said, let's build an ark. That one alone, it was a weakness to Noah. It was a weakness to the ark. That ark was not perfect. That ark was weak. Why? It was built by us. Let us. But when Christ comes now, he does not say let us build. He say upon this rock, I, 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 I. Upon this rock, I will build my church. I will build the church. He does not need your help. He does not need your contribution to, to build the church. Meaning the Noah kind of the church, the Noah kind of an ark. It was an ark whereby people are in the ark because of their works. People, they've worked and they've made an ark. Now they are safe, they are in the ark. Why? They have done an ark for themselves. They've worked so that they are in the ark. But in Christ, it is by grace. It is not of your works. Christ has built an ark. He just puts you inside. That's why it is a perfect ark. Because once that ark, it is built by the hands that are dated. That's why he was telling uh, David that, David, you cannot build my temple because the temple was a picture of the New Testament. Because your hands are with blood. So what was he saying there? He was saying, you people of the Old Testament, you people without Christ, nobody can build the temple except Solomon. Solomon was the picture of Christ. You see now, even you in the New Testament, you can't build that church now. Only Christ is holy enough to build the ark, to build the church. Ah, yes, 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 yes. So therefore, that's why Christ went down to preach to those people because when those people died, they were not saved because Christ has not come when they died. And those people were not perfect. Or the ark that they've entered, it was not a perfect ark. It was an act that Noah said, let us, let us. Anything that you have done with your own hands, it cannot qualify to the righteousness of God. Because your hands is blood, your hands are dirty, your hands are hands of a sinner. Why are they hands of a sinner? Why are your hands dirty? Because your hands are made from the ground. The same ground that has been cursed. Isn't it the ground was cursed in Genesis 3? Cursed is the ground. So your hands are made from the ground. Therefore, they don't qualify to make an ark. 
So that act, that let us make a, a, an, an, an act. Once I put one brick or one contribution in that act, that act, the whole act is defined. It is a bogus act. It is a weak act. It is a dirty act. You see now. Because the ground he had to be redeemed first from the case. So that anything that you do when that ground when the case is taken away from the ground it can be recognized by God. Today if you belong to Christ that means the ground has been redeemed for you. Meaning whatever you do with your hands. It is only because your body has been redeemed. Whatever you eat from the ground, it is only because why? Because the ground has been redeemed for you. But if you are still not in ground, the ground is not redeemed for you. So that's why I said if you are not a believer, you are a sinner because even if you eat a your food. Where is your food coming from? It is coming from the ground that is cursed. So, you are cursed. Whatever you are doing, you are using the ground, the fingers or hands that are made by the ground. A ground that has been cursed. What does it mean? Meaning that everything that you do, it is cursed. So, when you are not a believer, and you try to pray to God. God does not hear you because of few reasons or many reasons. Number one, because the body that you are praying from, it is from the ground that is cursed. Number one. Number two, you have eaten food that is from the ground that is cursed. Therefore, whatever comes from you, it is a case you don't qualify. To speak to God. Because you are, still, you are still cursed. You see now. But when you receive Christ. When you accept Christ. You are saying I accept that you have redeemed. The ground for me. I am, Therefore I accept that. You have redeemed me. From the loins or from the hands. Of the devil. You see now. So now. When those bodies were seen walking in Jerusalem, it was when Jesus, during those three days, went to preach in prison. Prison, it means they were in the hands of the devil. He went to preach. Then the saints now manifested from there, and they came up, and they were seen in Jerusalem. On their way to a new place that is called today paradise. The paradise now, where is it now? It is, it is below the throne of God. The paradise now is below the throne of God. It's no longer down. It's now in, a, in an ascended place. It's up there, close to God. Uh, Revelation, Revelation 6. Revelation 6. 
Let's see Revelation 6 verse 9. What, what is he saying? Revelation 6 verse 9, it says, Yes. And when he had opened the fifth seal, yes. I saw under the altar the souls of them. Under the altar, slain. under the altar. What is the altar? He saw under the altar. What did you see under the altar? The souls of them that were slain for the word of God. And for the testimony which they held. Ah, you see now. So, when he opened uh, the fifth seal, he saw under the altar, under heaven, under the throne of God, the souls of them that were slain for the gospel, meaning them that died for the gospel. If you are a believer, you died in the gospel. Therefore, you died for the gospel because you have lost your life, not in physical death. Because Jesus said, whoever wants to follow me, he must lose his life. <laughs> you must lose your life in order to follow me, meaning reject everything. So it means two things. Reject everything and follow me. So you have lost your, your life for the gospel. Number two, people, especially those, the preachers of the gospel, were killed for the gospel. That's why you see, if you read further, they say, when are you revenging for that? Read further, you'll hear that, if it's the passage. Yeah, it's 10. And they cried out, they cried, and they cried with a loud voice saying, yes. How long, O Lord, holy and true, thou dost thou not judge? And avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth. You see now. So every believer. Every believer. Is being, that's why Jesus said. You will be hated of my namesake. So every believer. Must understand that. You must. You know that people. They like. To be. To, I don't know what to. How to. Put it. We always want. Uh, to to conform to the earth, to the world, so that the earth will accept us, etc., etc. So you must know that the moment you believe, you are an enemy to the world. The moment you see the world loves you, you are not a true preacher, or you are not a true believer. That's the, the those are the things to look at. If you see everyone loves you, the moment you preach, your church is full, flooded. There is a problem. Because believers, there are not that many. Whereby you just go to one village with, uh, with, the, with uh, 1,000 people. Then you just preach there. Then in five, 500 people a day they come. That's not true. It doesn't work like that. When you're preaching, the stadium is full. What, what are you preaching? Are you saying receive your car? That's why you see these preachers are coming out now, reversing, saying we are throwing away all our preachings. It was wrong. How can it be wrong for over 40 years? So if you preach for over 40 years, these people that were believing a false gospel, so that means it's confident that they went to hell. They were not saved. Because it, a false gospel does not save. I, I used to think when, when we were growing up, we used to say, ah, you know, God knows. Uh, no, it does not work like that. 
it's the end that you believe a false you are in a false gospel or you are in a true gospel. There is no but I'm in a false gospel, but there's nothing like that. It's either you are saved or you are not saved. What saves is the true gospel, a sound gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the one that opens your heart. A spiritual gospel opens your heart, then you are saved. There is no in between. So that means if you preach 40 years, that means all those, those years, 40 years, anyone who died believing your nonsense, because now you are throwing away all those preaching. Everyone is not saved. Everyone went to hell. Very simple. It doesn't need uh, discussion or debate. Right. So that, that's what happened there. So we see that the spirit of soul, the reason why this woman was able to bring it up, it was because of that fact that everyone was still in the hands of the devil because the devil was waiting for the blood of Jesus so that we are redeemed, so that he gives away the keys to Jesus. And Jesus is the keys for only those that believe in him. Not those who are lost, but we think, no, only those that they found the gospel. Why? Because if you don't have the Spirit of God in you, it means you are not saved. That's what Romans 9, 8 says. It's very, very simple. Those that are led by the Spirit are the children of God. Verse 13, that's what he says. If you are not led by the Spirit, you are not a child of God. If you are led by your belly, you believe a gospel of the belly, gospel that says, uh, receive your car, come to church so that you are healed, come to church so that you have a testimony, come to church so that you have a job, come to church so that your neighbor will see you driving a big car and start respecting you. When we pray in church and say, I shall be the, the head, head of what? Christ is the head of the church. You shall be the head, head of who? You see now. So we need to be sober then. We need to be sober. So we are just paving a way for another sermon that we will do. It's, it's going to be deeper. So uh, uh, maybe after this we're going to go straight to it in the next few weeks. Or we're going to do another one just to build up so that people understand this fundamental. These are just basic things that uh, we have to understand. We, you have to know that salvation is, is, is that you've been redeemed from the devil. You are no longer in the hands of the devil. But who is not in the hands of the devil is the one who has believed the true gospel, the one who has saved. Because people have got a tendency of reading a scripture and saying, ah, everyone, the, God has redeemed the people from the hands of the devil, meaning uh, everyone is redeemed. So people say, ah, so why is this happening to people? Because uh, Jesus has died. Jesus has not died for everyone. Only those that believed in him are benefiting the results of what? Of the cross. If you don't believe, it does not apply to you. Don't talk about it. It's not for you. You see now, if you believe a false gospel, don't talk about Jesus. 
Just believe your false gospel. And be robbed the money. It ends there. So, 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 so we need to be sober then. We need to be sober. We need to be sober. If there is anything that to cover, we're gonna cover it, uh, as we go along. This was just the foundation. So, things to remember. People, when they died, they went down. So, down, that one, it shows that they went down in the earth, down in the ground, because the, the, the God of the, of the, of the, of the ground, the God of the earth is the devil, is the devil, is the, is the, is the one who is the prince who is controlling things and he's given right by God now, but his right is going to end. So Jesus now is Jesus who's leaving the devil to do all these things. He's got a permit to do all those things. That's why when you read uh, Revelation 12 from verse 7 to 11, you'll say, you will say, war to the world, war to those that are on the earth. Why? Because God has given him that time to do all these things. You see, before he gave them that right to hold those keys, when time came, he redeemed us. He took those keys. He could not resist. He just come and say, it is time now, bring them here. When it's time to burn, God will come, Jesus will come and say, it is time to burn the devil. That is the time we end there. There is no resistance. The devil cannot match God or Jesus in power. Everything that is accomplishing now, he give he is giving him that right, is giving them the permit to torment, is giving them the the permit to, to, to tempt. That's why he came and he tempted Jesus. He was given by Jesus, say, Come and test and tempt me. So we're gonna end there for now.